some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Nicodemus, sit down, please. Did the high priest of Israel and president of the Sanhedrin send for me? I did, Nicodemus. I would confer with you upon a very important matter. I am honored, sir. Nicodemus, you are a man of many talents. You are educated and wealthy, honored and respected by the people of Israel, as well as the members of the Sanhedrin. Uh, what uh, do you think about this man, uh, Jesus of Nazareth? Well, he... Uh... He has a strange attraction for the multitudes. The lessons he teaches have impressed me to such an extent that I... Well, I desire to learn more. Uh, the way he cleansed the temple of money changers and merchants has aroused the hatred of many priests and rulers. Such boldness on the part of an obscure Galilean is not to be tolerated. We must put an end to his display of power. Do, uh, do you agree, Nicodemus? Well, now, sir... We must remember how prophets of old were slain for rebuking the sins of Israel's leaders. Is it not possible that if we, the Sanhedrin, plot against Jesus, we will be following in the footsteps of our fathers and bring calamities upon Israel? <laughs> of course not. We are the Sanhedrin, endowed with the authority to rule Israel and establish whatever civil and religious laws may suit our fancy. People must be made to conform to our dictates. Certainly, as chief priest of Israel, you will admit that healing all those who were in the temple from whatever disease or sickness they had was impressive. Miracles on a wholesale basis. Jesus of Nazareth did that, and that took power, great power. Yes, but power from whom? God or Satan. You doubt that the power was from God? I must remind you, Nicodemus, that it's written, if the works of the Spirit be not in harmony with Holy Scripture, the Spirit is of the evil one. Your quotation is not quite accurate, huh? but the meaning is the same. <laughs> uh, then you will admit that the power used by this Jesus of Nazareth could be of Satan? If what Jesus says and does be not in accordance with Holy Writ, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> May I remind you, sir, that we of the Sanhedrin pass many religious ordinances and interpretations of Scripture that are not in harmony with Holy Writ. Uh, Is our influence and power of Satan? There's a difference, Nicodemus, a great deal of difference. We have been chosen, ordained, and empowered to pass ordinances and interpret Scripture. We stand in the place of God. To all purposes, we are God. Our ordinances and interpretations of Scripture are just and good and holy. They must be respected and obeyed. Yes, or we will lose our influence and power. Yes, exactly. The purpose of this interview, I take it, is to determine my opinion on how to get rid of this Jesus of Nazareth and his disrupting influence. Uh, uh, yes. May I suggest, sir... Uh, that a council of all the Sanhedrin be called to determine this all-important question? <laughs> it shall be done. This special meeting of the Sanhedrin will come to order. Uh, oh God, we seek to preserve thy glory and power in Israel. Help us to that end. <clears throat> 
Uh, I think it unnecessary to state the purpose of this special meeting. You already know, and most of us have already formed an opinion as to the desirability of ridding Israel of this man, Jesus, before he wrecks the religious structure that we of the Sanhedrin have worked so hard to establish and preserve. He must be stopped, eliminated. We are agreed, then. All that is now necessary is to decide upon a course of action. How to get rid of Jesus? Mr. President. Yes, May I speak, sir? Uh, Permission granted. Mr. President and members of the Sanhedrin, there is some question in our minds as to the source of the power used by Jesus. If that power comes from the evil one, we would be justified in using any means in ridding Israel of Jesus and his influence. But if Jesus is invested with power and authority from God... It would be perilous to reject his warnings or in any manner to hinder his work. Dare we, at this time, take open measures against Jesus? Is there any one of us so sure that the power used by Jesus is of the devil that he would slay the man of Nazareth? No, I I don't think I would. No, I don't don't think so either. Mr. President... In view of this, I recommend that we delay any positive action against Jesus of Nazareth. I agree. I agree. Excuse me, sir, but I... I'm looking for Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know him? I am Peter, a disciple of Jesus. My name is Nicodemus. I am a member of the Sanhedrin, and I... A member of the Sanhedrin? The Sanhedrin plots against Jesus. Not I. I have studied scripture relative to the coming Messiah. I witnessed the scene when Jesus drove the buyers and sellers from the temple. I beheld the wonderful manifestation of divine power and heard the words of praise from the lips of those whom Jesus healed. There can be no doubt that Jesus is sent by God. I wish to learn more from his own lips. The master has retired to a place of quiet on the Mount of Olives. Where? Look for him, and you shall find him. Jesus of Nazareth? Yes. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles except God be with him. I would know more of the kingdom of God of which you have spoken. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he is old? Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I do not understand thy words, Rabbi. By nature, the heart is evil. The fountain of the heart must be purified before the stream can become pure. The rebirth is death to sin and self, and a new life that can be brought about only by the effectual working of the Holy Spirit. I... Well, I'm still at a loss to understand fully thy words, Rabbi. The wind is heard among the branches of the trees, rustling the leaves and flowers. Yet it is invisible. And no man knoweth whence it comes or whither it goeth. The work of the Spirit in rebirth of the heart can no more be explained than can the movement of the wind. 
I think I understand the necessity of a rebirth. But how can this be? My mission to Earth is to establish a spiritual kingdom. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and everyone who has been deceived by the great deceiver may look upon me and be saved. If you do not resist, my love, you shall be led to salvation. In this rebirth, the heart and the mind are created anew. Then shall the law of God be written in thy mind and heart, and ye will say with me, I delight to do thy will, O God. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Welcome to Live with Sam. I'm Sam here in my house with my mother who just happens to be the world's greatest cook. She makes healthy meals for her family using only whole plant foods. Mom, welcome to Live with Sam. Have you finished your homework yet? Uh, yes. Is your room clean? Mom, we're kind of on the air right now. You said I could interview you? Wait! Oh no, I look terrible! Mom, it's radio. People can't see you. Honey, I'm having a really bad hair day. Can we do this tomorrow? Don't worry, Mom. You look great. Really. <sighs> if you say so. I've told everyone what a great cook you are. I want them to know your secret. Take, for instance, your bean soup. Like everything else you make, there's no meat in it because we're vegetarian, but it's delicious. How do you do that? Well, I throw dried beans into a slow cooker with some water and a pinch of salt and let it simmer overnight. You don't add any secret sauce or special herbs and spices? Nope. Water and salt. Are you sure no one can see me? Wait a minute. How about your awesome breads? How about that spaghetti dish you made yesterday? Or my favorite, Mexican food. Certainly you do something special with them. Oh, maybe a little spice or seasoning here or there. But I figure that God put wonderful flavors in his foods, and I shouldn't get in the way by adding a bunch of other stuff. The simpler, the better, I always say. Awesome. Thanks, Mom. This is Sam for Live with Sam. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. A Time to Heal by Melanie Sharoncell. The morning dawned cold. The sun broke across the pale blue sky, the frost lightly fingering the lacy tops of the still bare trees in our yard. Grandpa had gone out to check the store to make sure everything was in place. He did that every morning while Grandma made breakfast. He didn't have far to walk. It was only a few hundred yards away. Shivering, I bounced up and down as I watched Grandma put the biscuits in the oven. Cut that out, child, Grandma fussed. It sounds like an earthquake in here. She laughed. 
You're such a tomboy, Daisy, just like your mother. Smiling, I walked into the living room and leaned my head up against the big, cold window, waiting for Grandpa to come back to the house. Before long, I saw Grandpa walking slowly home with his head down. He wasn't whistling like he usually did. When he arrived at the door, I opened it for him and said good morning. When he brushed past me like I wasn't there and headed for the kitchen, I knew something was terribly wrong. He was making a funny kind of snuffling noise. He was crying. I'd never seen him cry before, and it scared me. Whatever is the matter, William? Grandma asked anxiously. They did it, Catherine, he said in a choked-up voice as he sat down. The bootleggers. They were there last night, took the sugar and stuff they needed for the moonshine whiskey, and left. We've been robbed, Catherine. The place is a mess. He buried his head in his hands on the table and continued to sob out his frustration and sadness. I saw Grandpa wither before my eyes. He suddenly looked very old. Grandpa would have done anything for anybody, and why anyone would do something like that to him filled me with a ragged kind of rage. I hate him, I said to myself. Whoever they are, I hate him. That afternoon, Josiah Sparks came by the house. Hello there, cutie, he said when he saw me. I hear that y'all had some trouble around here last night. Bootleggers, I spat the word out with venom. Grandpa guesses they're from Cade's Cove. They ransacked the store, took what they wanted, and left everything else a mess. When Grandpa appeared around the side of the house, Josiah grinned widely, revealing the place where a front tooth should have been. Howdy, Lawson, Josiah said. Your granddaughter here and me was having a right nice little chat, wasn't we, cutie? His grin became wider, and he winked at me. Now tell me about this bootlegger business, Lawson. Josiah Sparks listened with interest as Grandpa related the story. He stroked his chin thoughtfully, then said with a frown, Now ain't that too bad? Guess I'll go into Knoxville next Monday and replenish everything. Grandpa shook his head sadly. I just don't know how I can do it, Josiah. I don't know how I can go on. Several other neighbors stopped by to give their condolences. Grandpa thanked them all graciously for their concern, but the old sparkle was gone. That evening, all of us sat around the fire, including Uncle Earl, who was visiting. Daisy, did I ever tell you the story of the two girls who got lost in the woods and couldn't find their way out? Uncle Earl asked me. No, I don't think so, I answered eagerly. Tell me. Uncle Earl could tell some good stories. Well, Uncle Earl continued slowly with a twinkle in his eye, they walked for days and only got themselves lost. Well, they eventually ended up in the very center of the woods, where the ghosts lived. Earl Lawson, Grandma scolded, horrified. How dare you tell this child things like that before bedtime? But Grandma, I protested. Uncle Earl winked at me, and disappointed, I climbed the stairs to my bedroom. Late that same night, after everyone had gone to sleep, I heard a sound. My heart began to pound rhythmically, and my toes tingled. Grandma was right, I thought. I'm hearing things. I pulled the covers tight around my face and snuggled down into their warmth. But suddenly I heard it again. Carefully and silently, I pushed the covers back and slid out of bed. Tiptoeing across the room, I reached for my coat and boots. Not bothering to change, I pulled the heavy coat on over my pajamas and put the boots on my sockless feet. The stairs creaked and groaned as I made my way down. Strangely, I had never noticed how noisy they were until now. I've never tried to be this quiet coming down them before, either, I mused to myself. The sound seemed to be coming from outside. 
Unfortunately, the front door wasn't much more quiet than the stairs. As I eased out onto the porch, I could hear Uncle Earl's heavy breathing from where he slept on the couch. All of a sudden, I realized where the noise was coming from. The store! I crept through the shadows along the edge of the woods until I was directly beneath the store's front window. My heart pounded with such force that I was sure they could hear it clear back at the house. Whoever was inside, I could hear them talking. I stopped to listen. What's taking you all so long, Buck? Hurry up, would you? I was so astounded at the sound of the voice, I almost fell over. The voice belonged to none other than Josiah Sparks. So it was him, I said to myself angrily. That two-faced hypocrite! Suddenly, I knew what I had to do. I had to get Grandpa and Uncle Earl. Silently, I made my way back through the shadows toward the house. Just as I reached the porch, a twig snapped behind me, and a cold hand clamped around my mouth. "'What in the name of thunder are you doing outside this time of night?' a voice asked. Relieved, I whirled about and looked into the shadowed face of Uncle Earl. "'Oh, Uncle Earl!' I panted in a whisper. "'I saw them. They're there. Josiah and his boys are the ones, Uncle Earl.' "'What are you talking about?' Uncle Earl asked quizzically. "'Calm down and tell me.' "'Bootleggers!' I said impatiently. "'You've got to hurry. They're in the store.' Without another word, Uncle Earl turned and ran into the house. Moments later, Grandpa came out, saddled up one of the horses, and rode off for the sheriff. Uncle Earl had grabbed his gun and was headed for the store. I snuck back to my place under the window to see what was going to happen. "'Now, Billy,' Josiah said in a whiny voice, "'don't you be tearing everything out.' I cautiously raised my head to peek through the window. "'You know, Lawson's getting old,' Josiah continued. "'Don't make things too hard on him.' Just then, the door burst open. "'That's mighty kind of you, Josiah!' Uncle Earl's voice was as cold and hard as steel. Josiah and his boys whipped around quickly, just in time to stare down the barrel of Uncle Earl's shotgun. "'Take it easy, boys,' Uncle Earl said, frowning. "'The sheriff should be here any minute now.' His hands in the air, Josiah swallowed, but said nothing. Billy's face crumpled, and he started to bawl. Buck stared uneasily at the shotgun in Uncle Earl's steady hands. I almost felt sorry for them, but the picture of Grandpa's frail form slumped across the table kept flashing in my mind, and his sad voice. They did it, Catherine. No way. I could never feel pity for the people who made my Grandpa cry. Hatred burned like a fire inside me once again. It wasn't long before the sheriff arrived. After he had arrested Josiah and his boys and left again, Grandpa surveyed the mess in silence. I reckon I'd better get started here, he said. I'll help you, Grandpa, I offered. He gave me a tired smile. It took all of us till daybreak to get the store back in order. Exhausted after the long night, I fell asleep quickly and didn't wake up until late afternoon. The next day, Uncle Earl came in with a discouraged look on his face. What's the trouble, Earl? Grandpa asked. "'Sparks is a free man again, Pa,' Uncle Earl said. "'Seems the sheriff is a distant relative of his "'and didn't like the idea of having kinfolk in jail. "'Josiah bribed him with a little moonshine whiskey, "'and that's all it took. He's a free man.' "'I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was so unfair. "'Grandpa got up and walked out the door toward the barn. "'Had to do some thinking, I guess.' After he had gone, I flew into a passionate rage. What about us? What about Grandpa's store? It's just not fair. Uncle Earl looked at me for a long time. You're right, he said. It's not. The next day, Grandpa was sick in bed. 
Deep down inside, I knew it was Josiah Sparks' fault. I hated him. With everything I had inside me, I hated him. Grandpa knew something was bothering me. Calling me into his room, he asked, Daisy, is there something you'd like to talk about? It's as plain as day there's something wrong. I burst into tears. It's not fair, Grandpa, I cried. You've always done everything you could for other people. You've always been honest, but you got your store robbed. You're the one who's sick. Josiah is the bootlegger and thief, but he got out of jail, and he's still healthy. I know how you feel, Daisy, Grandpa said gently. I had those same feelings. It took me a lot of thinking and prayer before I could understand them myself. He paused. In the good book, it says that God lets the rain fall on the good and the bad, not just the good. But in another spot, it says that everybody's going to get his own reward when the Lord comes. I reckon the best thing I can do is trust the Lord and let him take care of it. I guess you're right, Grandpa, I said softly. I leaned over and kissed his weathered cheek. Thanks. Grandpa smiled as he watched me leave the room. He never recovered from the robbery, physically or financially. Sometime later, as I sat by his grave, I knew that I still felt bitterness toward Josiah and his boys. I thought about what Grandpa had said and started to cry. I ached so much inside that I wished my heart could break open and let the hurt pour out. But I knew he was right. All I could do was let the Lord take care of it. I watched the sun slowly sink from the day, leaving behind orange and magenta-colored fragments of light that seemed to melt onto the horizon. And the hate inside me began to dissolve. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.